Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining my podcast again. Um, this is Ed Franklin, Ed Franklin dot no limits podcast. If you ever want to contact me or if you have a guest you'd like to be on, maybe you'd like to be on, it would my uh, Gmail account is Ed Franklin dot no limits at gmail.com. So um, I'm sorry I didn't do a podcast last week. I had a person cancel again. Um, very busy man. It's going to be a great guest when I get him on here. And we're looking at sometime in June, hopefully. So I started this podcast yesterday and I got about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes in and just, I just couldn't get the flow. You know, there's just some days, um, you know, I had things to talk about and I just didn't get the flow going. So let's try it again. Um, funny enough, when I started, a couple of things had popped up as I'm talking to people about my podcast and they're giving me recommendations and advice and, and things, I often get, uh, I think people think I was going to take maybe a different tact on this, um, on this podcast because I'm pretty candid and uh, maybe too candid sometimes. And however, I don't want this podcast either to be um, Facebook, right? I don't want it to be all good news because um, getting over limitations, telling your story, um, you're having your confidence low and things like that is there's some negative connotation to that. Right. And you got to talk about negatives. It just has to happen. Um, it's real life. Um, your job affects your life. Your life affects your job. It kind of inter it's intertwined. So um, I don't want you to think that every time I'm on here, it's going to be all, you know, you know, flowers and the beach and all this stuff because it's just not fucking reality. So, um, by the way, using that F word, uh, I think people thought I'd use that more too because it's could be one of my favorite words. And um, I use it for emphasis. So it's funny when you're doing, when you go on YouTube and you're putting in, uh, putting the information in for uh, your video, it asks you if it's kid friendly. And this one may not be. We'll see how many times that happens because I don't really, do it consciously all the time and I try to avoid it but um, you know sometimes it's not avoidable and it's meant it needs to be used so I got a couple things I wanted to talk about today and one of them is um, my daughter funny enough she listened to my last podcast and sent me a messenger uh, message that said she was very surprised to learn about a few things that I had talked about in my life and my last podcast was kind of digging into my my life a little bit and some of the history and maybe who I am and why I do some of the things I do. And I didn't even do that much, but she was um, surprised to hear about a few things that my dad had done with me and very good lessons, not bad stuff, just, um, you know, had me buy my own school clothes and things like that. And some, some uh, interesting stories about being told I could never be in sales. And I, my just about entire career has been in sales. So and, you know, I've had my ups and downs. I've had successes. I've had uh, failures. I've been with companies that were probably responsible for part of that failure. I've been with companies that part of the failure has been me. I mean, maybe I just couldn't get into the product, just couldn't sell it uh, for whatever reason. And it's generally because I'm just a big value guy. If, if I can't show you a, the value in something, um, something that I wouldn't buy, maybe that I, it's hard for me to sell it. So um, I guess that goes to integrity and I'll start. I have a list of little just notes here to start with. I was working in a grocery store. It was my first job. I was 16 years old when I took it, first real job. And I was, I used to, on Saturday mornings after being a bagger all week, 
uh, courtesy clerk, whatever they call them now. I on the on Saturdays I was always wanting to get on the night crew. Right, these guys made a little bit more money. It seemed like a little more fun. It was a little more relaxed. So I would go in like at four in the morning, and all the boxes that were empty. Um, and a lot of you may have done this job. A lot of the boxes that were, all the boxes that were empty was my job to tear them up, put them in a bin, take them out back, put them in a baler and make this big bale of cardboard for someone to pick up. And, um, as I, as I saw, uh, I, I didn't really like high school. So I wanted to get out of high school and my dad says, look, you can't quit. So if you want to get out and I mentioned this on my last podcast, then just work harder and take extra classes and things like that. And I did. Got out of high school a year early and went to work in the grocery business. Well, there was this one incident. I had a really, my really good friend that was running the night crew at the time. Um, of course, I'll leave names out. Um, it was a good guy. And we kind of hung out after work. And and um, I actually have two stories about him, but I'll just tell the one. He, these vendors would come in like from Budweiser or Pepsi or Coke or Frito-Lay, whoever. They would come in and their goal was to get us to give them an end on a, at a grocery store. So when you walk in a grocery store, the, the end cap that has all this product uh, was the place that, you know, that was proven that that was, you know, would sell more because people was like an impulse buy. And this one time the Budweiser rep came in and had left behind this enormous, maybe it wasn't that enormous, but it was like a 10 foot wide uh, glass covered or plastic covered uh, stagecoach with all the Budweiser horses and everything. And that, um, we'd always want those displays, right? Surfboards, things like that. And a lot of times the guys would take them back. But this one, for some reason, they left behind. And this friend of mine put it up in the attic of the store um, to collect later. And uh, apparently that was the wrong thing to do because the manager at the time didn't think that was a good idea and that wasn't his to take but I think he was given to. So I had known about this display and it was up in the attic, like I said, and I think the manager went up there and saw it and he asked me about it. And I kind of at first said, you know, I don't really know anything about it. You know, he says, well, is so-and-so keeping that for himself or whatever. And I said, you know, I, I don't know. I was pretty much lying to him because I didn't know it was up. And I remember going and I called my mom at the time. I had lost my dad young and and uh, I spent a lot of time with my mom getting to kind of know her and stuff because she wasn't working and I would come home in the morning. And I called her up and kind of told her the situation. And she says, you know, Ed, you know what to do. You know what the right thing is to do. You got to tell the truth, right? This is, and man, I was really torn and I was a good kid. So um, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't a, didn't have a criminal mind or anything like that. So I went to the manager and said, and he said, look, whatever you tell me, nobody's going to get in trouble. I just want to know, I'm just going to talk to the guy and we'll just resolve something with this display. And um, so I told him the whole story, told him what happened. And it was, like I said, the guy, the Budweiser guy had given him this, this um, thing. And it would have been cool to have in like a garage or a pool room or some, uh, some kind of a man cave or whatever. So I told the manager the truth and everything. And he says, look, no one's going to get in trouble. And son of a bitch, if this guy didn't go and demote my friend, and, um, I mean, he almost got fired. He wrote him up, did all kinds of stuff. And the guy knew that I was the one that said something because the manager told him. And I really got, that was really disenchanting for me to have a leader like that, a supposed leader that was in charge of the store, burn me like that, lie to me. And when I was just trying to be honest and, and 
thinking I was doing what was in the best interest of, you know, the situation. And it obviously hurt our relationship, my friend and I just, it kind of, the relationship just kind of ended. And, um, God damn, I'll never forget that, uh, because here I'm trying to do the right thing, trying to be honest. And here this guy goes and burns me. Um, and I, I just, uh, yeah, it was just one of those stories that sticks out in your mind. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to stop telling the truth, but I'm going to be a little more cautious of who I tell the truth to. So that was just an interesting, interesting thing. So, um, I mean, I find it interesting. You may not, but it just goes to, goes to kind of the molding of where I came from it. And uh, how I viewed business and business people at the time. And I think I also said that I told you at some point, I kind of wanted to be that executive guy. I used to wear a suit and tie to work every day, surprisingly enough. You've never seen me in a suit and tie now. And um, found out that all these corporate people, a lot of my managers, a lot of my supposed leaders weren't um, very up and ups. But let's switch to a better topic, a little more positive topic. So I was doing a talk one time at the Chamber of Commerce and I, and I, found this meme. So I put a meme on Facebook probably 365 days a year. Maybe I miss a day or two here or there. And it's always positive. And I don't do that because, like I said, I don't want to give this illusion that my life is perfect by any means because it's not. And I have as much or more struggles in life as you have. Um, uh, I've told you before, just because you're getting older doesn't mean life's going to get easier necessarily. Sometimes it's just, sometimes it can be more difficult, but you do learn how to deal with it a little bit differently, I guess. Um, and uh, so I put these memes on all the time and they're very positive and I search the internet. Some people send them to me. My wife sends them to me. Other people send me these memes and say, man, you got to use this one. And, and funny enough, a couple of years ago, I stopped doing it. I took like a week or two off of Facebook just because I didn't want to see any horse shit on there. And um, people were messaging me saying, hey, Ed, are you okay? You know, you always put these things on. I look forward to seeing them. And it was kind of, um, it was kind of an interesting, I didn't realize people were listening or reading those as much. And I'm going to put a note down here about branding because I want to talk about that today too. But one of the memes I put on there was, don't be afraid to be great. And I was doing a talk at the chamber and I put that up on the, on the front uh, on my PowerPoint presentation, like the first slide. and. I thought about that a lot because everybody wants to be great in their life, right? Great at something great, you know, a great husband, a great dad, a great wife, friend could be a great leader, could be a lot of different things. Great. And great greatness is very subjective, right? We know that um, over the last couple of years, we've heard a lot about Michael Jordan and LeBron James and Kobe Bryant and all these, and who's the greatest of all time. And, um, I'm a big Jordan fan. So Michael Jordan's about a year older than me, or I'm a year older than him, one or the other. So I was, when I was growing up playing basketball, he was the guy, right? And he came into the league in the early eighties. And so I'm always, I'm going to go to my grave with Michael Jordan's greatest player. Now that doesn't have anything to do with if LeBron James is good. We know he's great too. It's just, if you just ask me, that's just my opinion, right? Um, I always thought when you see a professional athlete at any level, if he's made the pros, right, that's a one in a million he's even going to make it. It's probably a one in 10 million you're going to be a Brady or a LeBron or a Michael Jordan or anything. And you have to understand, well, you don't have to understand, but I understand that that person that makes the pros, um, 
probably a local hero from wherever they're from. Even if he never plays, even if he just made, he's just on the team. He's probably the greatest person at that high school when he left or in college or whatever. And on a local level, people think he's just the greatest in the world, right? And he is, or she is. That's awesome. I mean, when you think of tennis players, it just, you can look at statistics, but you know, how people have overcome uh, different challenges in their life and how, what, what time, what era it was in, you know, Michael Jordan played in a very different era than we're seeing LeBron James play in. And like I said, I'm not here to argue about who the greatest is. I'm just telling you that you can be great at a lot of different levels, right? Since it's so subjective, um, I would imagine, I would hope that at some point, you know, my kids might say, hey, you were a great dad. Well, that doesn't mean anything to the kid down the street because I wasn't his dad. And that's their opinion. And I appreciate that opinion. But um, so let's talk about you. I mean, what is it in your life that you want to be great at? Um, you want to be a great leader. Like I said, a parent, a spouse, a girlfriend, boyfriend, hairdresser, whatever your greatness is, you can do that, right? I have 100%, 1,000% confidence that you can be great at anything you set your mind to be great. And I brought this up a bunch of times, and it's from a religious book that I wrote. Well, it wasn't really religious, but the, the person who wrote it is a very religious person, recognized in the Catholic community. And it doesn't matter because it applies to everybody, even if you have no religion whatsoever. And he says, you know, saints weren't born great. We know a couple were born as saints, but two maybe, right? According to the, our religion, all these other saints did really small things, right? Just a small thing here, a small thing there. And as they continued to do those small things, they could string them together. And that's how you string together greatness, right? I don't think great people are born. I think great people are developed. And I think they do that. They either have some desire from either pain or pleasure from their childhood or whatever it is, you can, you can string those great things together. The way this gentleman put this together in the book is that maybe on Friday, you know, this week, you help somebody out that, that needs some help. You recognize somebody needs a little bit of help and you just help them just for a minute, just not even, just for 30 seconds. That's just one little act of greatness. And then maybe the next week on Monday and Tuesday, you commit to doing something great. Just that Monday, you know, just 30 seconds again, 30 seconds. And then maybe by that Friday, now it's a minute. And when you're going through business, personal, whatever you're doing in life, whatever your goal is, whatever, you know, those little goals, those little pieces of greatness are what's going to get you there, right? It doesn't happen overnight. There's no magic pill for greatness, weight loss, you know, being rich. You know, it's always funny when you see somebody hitting the lottery and they, they win this $300 million or whatever. And then they, you know, five years later, you find out it wasn't so great for them to hit the lottery. If they would have earned it, it probably would have meant a lot more. And it, there's just no magic pill in life, right? You got to put together. As I try to develop this podcast, as I try to develop my life, my branding, um, it's all these little things. And I'd like it to go faster for a couple of reasons. One, it's costing me money. Two, it's um, I just want to get there, right? But I got to get there um, with those little pieces of greatness. 
I had asked, I sent an email out the other day to a friend of mine to ask him, ask him about uh, some advice on something. And he gave me an answer. It was a good answer. It just wasn't what I asked him, right? I was just trying to be really specific with something. And, um, and, and I was kind of irritated because for those of you that do know me and wonder where those cuss words are, that energy, I mean, I'm sitting down right now. I think at some point I should do this podcast standing up. It seems to get my energy level going a little bit of that, a little bit more. Um, for those of you that do know me, I am probably not a super desired speaker, right? My point to that is if I, uh, if somebody had an organization and they needed a speaker, they probably wouldn't think, oh, we should get in. I think that where I'm going to end up as that speaker, where I'm going to have the most impact, where I'm going to be able to add the most value. So I don't even know what that is yet. Um, I told you before, it's kind of that 18 to 40 year old <coughs> genre that I want to approach because I think over the years I've learned a lot of wisdom and I think I can help people that age in different chunks of their life, like 18 to 25, 25 to 30, 30 to 40. There's, there's areas in those lives from what I've been through that I could help people maybe avoid some pitfalls or avoid or take advantage of some things. Um, and like I said, I'm probably repeating myself from some other podcasts. Hopefully you, you get what I'm about. To, and the reason for that is I'm trying to get a point across to you. And I'm going to keep saying it until that point is just pounded into your head. Look, I, I've really met one super good leader in my life. And I didn't work for him. He worked for a company that we repped as a manufacturer. And I'm not even sure if he was a great leader. I think he was really good. I'd love to meet a great leader. I'm not even sure what that means. Um, I have not had, I have not been lucky enough or sought out a company that has those great leaders in it. I've tried to be, and I think I've done good at some point. I'm not sure if greatness is, is where I've been. Um, maybe goodness, not greatness, but that's kind of my goal in life is by the time I'm off this earth that I've done some great things and impacted a lot of people, right? I want to impact people. I want people to, and I've gone over this before, that value, right? That value that you have that you don't really realize you have i want you to understand that you have a huge value in life to your god or to your kids or to your spouse or to your employees you have to uh, as a leader leaders have to be able to get in the dirt with the other people right it can't just be pointing fingers and i think growing up in the 80s 70s 80s 90s that was the way people managed right they were delegators. Go do that. Go do that. Go do that. And if, every, if everybody did their job, that guy looked great. I think the leaders of today, their, their best chance at being great is to make the people they work for great, right? Make the people around you better. That's where I thought Michael Jordan did a good job. And after watching his series the, uh, about his life, he wasn't always nice about it. I mean, it wasn't always, uh, um, you know, Facebook flowers, right? It was get off your ass and get going kind of thing. And I mean, I've had to do that with my kids and other people around me. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't go so well. I've never been a good, um, I've never been a good subordinate in that situation. If someone was going to yell at me or do things like that, that, that just turned me the other way. And I wasn't interested in helping them at all be great and I was usually being selfish and, and whatever and I know I'm like I said I'm kind of rambling right now but 
<laughs> when I go online, which is often, I mean, I'm on, I'm, you know, scanning my emails, I'm scanning social media, I'm doing that. All these leaders, these people, I'm going to teach you how to be a leader. I'm going to teach you how to do this. I'm going to teach you how to do that. Those guys are great. I mean, you know, the Tony Robbins, the Jim Rons, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's, all those guys are awesome. I, and they all have a really good message. But it's not the right message for everybody. And they know that too. I mean, they know that they're out of 100,000 people, they're going to reach 10, maybe 10,000, maybe 5,000, maybe 10 people. I don't know. Um, and so that kind of brings me back to this branding thing. As you notice, I generally always have some kind of brand on, and I'm not selling Nike, but I like to like Nike clothes. Um, I always have my brilliant marketing brand on with my initials. You see my initials behind me because I think it's one of those things you got to be out in front of people all the time, right? If you're in a business, when I was in the moving business, people knew me as the big guy with tattoos that was in the moving business. And I got a lot of business just through the chamber and through a lot of networking groups because I had done a good job at branding myself. They knew who I was. Now, the downfall of that is when I did leave the moving business, I was still branded as the moving guy. And, and, and you have to, to rebrand it. So those Gary Vaynerchuks, those, you know, Tony Robbins, all those guys, they are, they're definitely have done a brilliant job, not even a little good, but good, but a brilliant job of branding themselves to what they do, right? Whether you call it motivational speaking, whether you call it um, inspiration, whatever you call it, they've done a great job at marketing themselves in those genres, right? And um, I think it's so important. I was on a Zoom call the other day. There was probably 16 people on this Zoom call and only two people, myself and one other person, even had their brand on the, on the video on Zoom. And I was really surprised by that. I was bothered by it, literally, because here I'm talking to this person that I don't, that maybe I just met or I've only met a few times. And I'm struggling to figure out what he does for a living. Now, if he was wearing a hat or a shirt or something, it would have, it starts to get into your brain, right? Think about Nike and Apple and General Electric and all these companies that you know their logo. As soon as you see their logo, you know what they're about. Um, and that's just as important for you as a person um, to brand yourself, whether it's a logo or whether you're talking about what you're trying to do. It's going to be important at some point if you're trying to get your product out there or trying to get across to people is to get branded, is to have, I want people when they see these initials, they immediately think of Ed Franklin. That's just automatic, right? And hopefully I'm going to have enough following and enough integrity which is a big deal that when they see that logo they'll and it's on something they'll they'll attach it to honesty value things like that um i see companies a lot of times that will just just because their name's on it they think it's good but which is bullshit we know that sometimes companies have crappy products you know unless they're really paying attention you know um, Amazon has done such a great job at branding and you know as soon as you see Amazon and they have their best sellers and sometimes the stuff's not the best and you know I usually buy those best sellers because I've never been burnt you know when I bought something that said best seller or Amazon choice things like that that's obviously important if you're going to brand put your name on something it better be something good unless you're going to tell the people look this isn't the best but it's the cheapest as long as they understand where you're coming from then you know, then your that your integrity is intact, right? I have sold products before that weren't the best, or I've had 
maybe three or four of the same product as a manufacturer's rep and say, look, this is like the good, better, best, right? Sears used to do that. We got the best, the good, and the, uh, excuse me, the good, better, and best. This is good, less expensive. This is better, a little bit more expensive, not as quite as good as the best. And then you give people a choice of whether they want to buy. There's certain things I buy on a day, on a regular basis that you probably wouldn't spend money on. I just think it's best for me. Um, and that's okay. You buy things that I would not spend, you know, $10 on. <clears throat> and that's just individuality, right? I always say when people say, well, price is an issue. I said, look, if price is an issue, Mercedes, Porsche, Ferrari, Lamborghini, all those guys would be out of business, right? If you're just talking, if you, if you say, I need a car that's going to get me from point A to point B, and you don't want to spend a lot of money, I'm probably not going to send you to the Porsche dealer for that. Just That's just my opinion. So um, that branding thing is, is super important. And even, in, even if you're just, I mean, whether it's just religion, it's personal life or whatever, if you're going to be branding yourself out there as a certain, a particular type of person, maybe someone who's uh, very open-minded or religious or whatever you're going to do, you need to be speaking about it. And I think for the younger generation <clears throat> who is not out there speaking about things on a regular basis, not being in groups of... Um, uh, networking groups or things like that, you're getting no branding whatsoever. You've got to let people what you know what you're about. When you go on Facebook, obviously, I never know, still don't know how this works, but if I'm talking to someone about rubber floor mats for my garage, I go home, I get on Facebook, and there's rubber floor mats come up. I mean, I know there's some science behind that, which um, the, people are constantly branding. Realtors come to mind right out of gates um there's so many realtors right and realtors will even tell you there's just too many realtors there's so many you just get your license all of a sudden you're a realtor now you got to figure out how someone's going to use why are they going to use you right you got to add value to why they're going to use you well if you're sitting at home waiting for people to call you and you're a realtor you're out of your fucking mind because it's just not going to happen i mean if you go in the phone book or on linkedin or facebook whatever you go on uh, the internet and just put realtors in San Diego. I mean, there's like 30,000 realtors in San Diego. So if you're not out there branding yourself, if you're not out there being in front of people, if you're not out there doing something uh, as a value for the community, I think that's a big deal. Um, people are just going to forget you. And there's, there's a handful of realtors that I remember on a regular basis that are there all the time, that are present, that are uh, telling you about their value, that are being they're having integrity and I'm looking at them going, yeah, I mean, I would do a deal with you, you know? Um, so, but that's with anything in life, not even if we just get rid of business, <coughs> excuse me, if you just get rid of business and talk about branding, um, it's the same thing. I mean, if you're a guy trying to date a girl or a girl trying to date a guy and you're, you have a brand, you might not call it that you may call it a personality or whatever, but you know, if you've got 19 kids and you know, from 24 husbands, um, probably not a great branding recommendation just that's just my personal opinion sorry if i insulted somebody there but that's the reality um but anyway um what else do i got going today um i just saw something that i was going to talk about just came to my mind anyway so that brand so i have this friend this is what i was going to talk about i have this friend that has and again no names that's had some Issues with relationships, we'll just call it that. 
And I feel bad for this guy because I feel like he feels like he has to be in a relationship. Like he's got to be dating, married, whatever, all the time. I mean, and I get, you know, and I, it's, it's not my business. It's just he comes and talks to me about these things on a regular basis. Years ago, he had a situation. I think he was going through a divorce or he was, it was on, it was coming or whatever. And he calls me and says, man, Ed, uh, he says, yeah, you got a minute to talk? I said, yeah, what's up? And he's like, my life is just going to shit, you know? And I'm like, dude, what's, what's going on? He's like, well, you know, I'm going through all this stuff and now my son's car broke. And I went, whoa, 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 just wait a second. Let's stop right where you're at. Your son's car didn't break because you're going through a divorce. Your son's car broke because it was time for it to break or it was a piece of crap or whatever the thing was. We have to be careful to not blame God and all these other outside things when our life is not going so well. Listen, if his, if his son's car would have broke when his relationship was good, it would have been no big deal. They just would have got the car fixed. It would have been sucky. You know, I got to pay money out for my son's car, but it wouldn't have been, hey, my whole life is getting torn up because my son's life broke. That's, that's not why things happen. I mean, I know that sometimes things do kind of feel like they're happening in sequence, like, you know, trouble comes in three, death comes in three, things like that. I, I just don't buy that. I think that if you're, uh, if you're having a bad day and it really depends on your attitude, how you're going to handle that day, I would, I, I, no doubt on my mind that our minds are so powerful that if we think something bad's going to happen, it's probably going to happen. Uh, by the same token, I think if we, put it out into the universe and we think that good things are going to happen. I think good things happen. I mean, I, I could tell you that I'm proof of that over my life. Um, I've been affected by outs, but people doing shit that wasn't the right thing. You know? And, um, and it's affected me. It's made me, you know, I've lost a job because of a, somebody that did, you know, that just kind of got sideways on me and uh, there was really no reason for it. Uh, I've lost jobs because I sucked and uh, it was time for me to go. I've lost jobs because I've had a bad attitude, and but I've gotten jobs because I had a good attitude. So, um, I, I just don't, I just don't buy into the shit that you know when something goes bad, your whole life's going to go bad. It's just if you want to think that way, I think you're going to manifest that. Um, we talked about manifestation in another podcast about, you know. And I talked to Steve Haru about this. You can't just think things are going to go good. You got to take some action, right? And I think when you uh, when you don't take action and you try to manifest something good and it doesn't happen, you go in the other direction. You go, well, see, nothing happens good for me. Well, no, it doesn't. If you're sitting on your ass watching Friends all day, probably nothing good's going to happen. Um, if you're out there branding yourself, talking to people, uh, meeting new people, putting yourself out into the world, yeah. That's how things are going to happen for you. Um, so much as Gary Vaynerchuk, he had, he's launching something, and I should have paid attention more to it. And I saw something on Instagram this morning that said, hey, like, I really apologize. This didn't launch when I said it was going to launch, and I wanted to give my staff some rest and things like that. That's, that, to me, that's integrity, right? He wasn't coming on making excuses. In fact, I think at the end of the at the end of the message, he said, this is on me. It's my fault. You know, and that's talk about leadership. This is, you know, I've, I've worked for companies where a sales manager will fire you and then fire another guy and then another girl, and then this guy and then that chick, and then, then get fired. And I look back and go, well, 
he was the problem the whole time or she was the problem the whole time. It wasn't the salespeople. See, so many ads for sales things, and we talked, I talked about this with Steve Rue too, is these, these companies will come out and they have this cookie cutter. This is what I need a sales manager to do. I need him to increase revenue. I need him to da 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 And they have no idea what that's going to take. And when the sales manager, if you get a good one, goes in and says, all right, here's, here's what, kind of what I can see. You're going to have to do this and this and this and this and this. And the managers and the owners are like, no, we can't do that. You got to do it another way. Well, you just hired me to do a job and now you don't want to listen or, you know, help in any way to change that culture or change that revenue pattern. And um, we have to not be like that in our life, either, right? So we have to, if someone says, look, uh, I've had somebody tell me this, look, yeah, you need to kind of calm down a little bit, right? When somebody tells you something, don't be so quick to snap back. I had to learn that over the years. That's kind of an age thing, I think. Um, we definitely think about things a little bit more, hopefully, when you get older. And I didn't like it. I didn't like people criticizing me, telling me I wasn't doing the right thing. But the reality is they were right, right? Um, as much as I don't like being criticized, and I don't get criticized a lot, unfortunately, in a way, because I'm big and I'm, you know, when I go into a room, uh, I have tattoos all over the place and it looks like I'm, I'm probably a little bit intimidating, but I also need criticism. I need help, right? That's why I hired this coach. And this coach gives me very constructive criticism, I guess is what I'm looking for. Um, this gentleman I wrote an email to that didn't give me the answer I was really asking for is, um, he's good at giving me criticism, right? He'll give me some constructive criticism, but uh, he, and cause I know he knows what he's doing. When I hired a, when I hired a trainer, he gave me way more criticism than I wanted to, but you know what? It was needed. I, I needed to have that criticism. I needed to change what I was doing, my eating habits, my exercise habits, things like that in order to get to where I wanted to be. So sometimes we need to look in the mirror and not, 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 you know, criticize ourselves so much that we're saying we hate ourselves, but we need to definitely say, you know what, maybe today uh, I do things just a little bit different and maybe I try to connect with another person. Maybe I ask different questions. Maybe the way I ask them, um, it, it, that can be real important. So I know today's podcast was a little rambly, like I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but I, you know, I got to tell you, when you try to answer the question what's my why in life and you're almost you know 59 years old and you're going through these you know, what's my why well my why was this and this and because it, it changes i mean first of all my why was because i wanted to make money and all i wanted to do was make money when i was a kid but drive nice cars and when i had kids changes everything changes you know i had to make sure they were taken care of and my wife was taken care of and the house was paid you know was paid for and we had gas and lights and water and all those things and as the kids grew up, and now they're, you know, pretty much, well, they're all out of the house except grandkids. Um, I kind of have two eyes now, right? I have this ability, I hope, to get through to people, to draw out the best in them. It's hard to kind of articulate or, or show you the value in that unless I was sitting in front of you and I could ask you some questions, right? And I would dig into your life a little bit and kind of find out some things. And I feel like... I should be helping people, right? I should be giving back at some level. I think sometimes when you look at a Tony Robbins or a Grant Cardone or whoever your 
go-to person is they're hard, it's not easy to relate to them sometimes because you know i think tony robbins is worth a half a billion dollars right 500 million dollars it's kind of hard for me to relate to him oh and i wanted to bring up something about that too but i'm hoping that because i'm feel like i'm just that pretty normal guy had the same problems or worse than you had um and I'm willing to get back and be honest and vulnerable with you. And, you know, as we move this, pro this process along, uh, that's, that's really my goal is to help you find a value in yourself, right? Help you find a value in your children, help you find a value in those people you meet that maybe you don't like all the time, but, but you can help them or they can help you with their stories. Maybe it's what not to do. Maybe I got to learn, Hey, I shouldn't do this shit because this is what happens when, so it gets me all fucked up is when I listen to people or, you know, they invite you out to a bar or something and, uh, and you know, you shouldn't go cause you got to get up early for a meeting or something. Maybe what that's what not to do, right? You've watched them and maybe they're not where you want to be. Um, your circle of friends, I think is a big deal too. Um, and we've talked about this a little bit before about who you're hanging out with. And this is a tough one because, um, if it's your family and you know they're maybe not helping you progress i'm writing something down maybe they're not helping you progress in a way that you want to progress or they're giving you safe recommendations in your life and i'm not saying those are bad um i think i told you before that my mom wanted me to work at the post office because it was a good retirement it was a good steady job the post office is never going to go away um you really can see me at a post office i'd be about two seconds in that clerk up front and i'd probably get fired someone actually when i was in the grocery business threw a chicken at me once two chickens i think because i wouldn't chickens were on sale and she wanted to buy 50 of them and our limit was four and she didn't think that was funny at all so um, i walked out of the check stand and said i'm not dealing with this shit and went to the manager and you know, I could have lost my job, but he was sympathetic to getting chicken stone at me. So, um, so anyway, back to that money thing. So I, I was working at the, in the moving business and one of the gals that worked there, we were just talking one night. maybe the lottery was big and we were talking and I said, you know, I said, how much money is a lot to you? I mean, and this is a good question to ask yourself. I said, how much is a lot of money? She says, oh, a million dollars, a million bucks. I mean, that would, if I had a million dollars, man, I'd never have another my life this is a younger gal she's not not old by any means and i said you know that's funny she says well what is it to you i said a hundred million hundred million dollars if i had a hundred million dollars i'd be i'd be good um that would take care of what i my needs that would take care of my household that would take care of my kids for a long time and i know that sounds like a lot of money or you may say no a billion dollars is a lot to me you know and th this is one of those subjective things because to me a million dollars i could spend in an hour i honestly take me an hour I guess it'd probably be 50 minutes of jumping up and down and then 10 minutes I could spend a million dollars, right? I mean, all of us probably could. So, and this kind of goes back to that thing about grace, greatness. What do you think is greatness? I mean, greatness can just be being an elementary school teacher and helping out one kid out of the class, having that one kid leave that class and go, man, you know, I'll never forget that woman. I had a teacher, Mrs. Peterson, when I was in first grade. And my mom used to say, oh, my God, you know, this woman looked like a movie star. And she says, Ed, Edward, you know, called me when I was a kid. Edward's just in love with this person, you know. 
I never forget this woman. I mean, she was she was so nice and pretty and all those all the best things. And it's just funny that here, you know, this is when I was six years old. I never forget this woman. I can picture what she looks like in my mind. And she did look like a movie star. And I'm so old, her picture was probably in black and white in the uh, in the album, you know, the school pictures, but I can remember her in full color. She used to wear real bright red lipsticks. She was blonde. She was just this beautiful woman. Always had, I swear to God, she had like a flowing dress on every day. And I just remember her so well. And I listened, right? I, I paid attention to her class because, and I have a few teachers that stuck out like that. The sad thing is I don't have a lot of teachers that stuck out like that. I mean, we really should, when we're leaving school or leaving college, we should be able to go back just about every year and find a teacher that pulled us through, that made us a better person, better version of ourselves. And unfortunately, I can't really do that. I don't see that in the education system now. With I got my grandson. I don't see these great teachers. And I think, you know, not that that's necessarily their responsibility. They're there to do a job. But wouldn't it be great if you were that person, if you were a teacher and you were that person that uh, a couple kids a year left your classroom and just thought, man, that, that person was great. And you could kind of always go back and reflect on how they would handle a situation or whatever and learn from them. Wouldn't that be great to have a boss like that? You know, they say people don't quit their job, they quit their boss. Um, and I, I know that's true because I've had a lot of jobs that were good jobs that when I left, it was like, this guy's a fucking asshole. I just don't want to work for him anymore. He's rude. He's... I don't trust him. It's, it's so bad to be in a relationship where you don't trust somebody. And even at work or school or wherever you're at, and you kind of don't trust the situation, that's bad. I mean, that's just going to work looking over your shoulder the whole time. Um, I, I used to get, I got to a point where uh, somebody said something, maybe I read it in the book, where it said, when people start working to keep their job more than to do their job, you're in trouble. You need to get out of that organization because... Um, I had people that would do that. They would only do enough to get by. They were minimalists. You know, we have way too many of those in America right now. We have a government full of minimalists, minimalists and, and a government full of people with no integrity. And we're seeing that in the last six years of politics. Um, and listen, maybe it was like, maybe it's been like that historically. I just was too young to care or whatever. And something else I want to bring up too, um, so anyway, I just think it would, how great would it be just to leave a job or, you know, maybe the company gets bought out or leave school and you just always look back. Wouldn't you want to be that person, that person that that person always remembers? Um, I've recently been in contact with my, my, my very first girlfriend, right? And she's going through some tough times, things like that. We had a good relationship. We dated for a few years and, and you know, she moved on. I moved on. There was no hard feelings or anything, but I know she's, she's having a hard time. So I reach out to her on a regular basis say, Hey man, how you doing? Just, is everything okay? Is there anything I can help you with? And it means a lot to her. She'll, she'll send things back to me. And this isn't romantic. It's nothing like that. It's just a friendship we've had for a long time. I know her parents, know her whole family. And just what, if, what if, wouldn't that just be great to be able to, you know, to get back to people like that, to reach out to people and just see how they're doing and be that, be that great person in their life. They don't have to be an emperor. You don't have to be the president of the United States, the Pope. You don't have to be like that. You can just be a person that's a great person to another person, right? Does that, does that sound, doesn't that sound so much easier when I break it down like that? Because what really happens then is it starts to multiply, right? Now, instead of having, you know, 
your ex-girlfriend or a you know, friend in business that they think you're great. Then it's two people in business. Then it's three people. Then it, maybe it's another person. And you're just being you. You're just being that giver. And it's, you know, you have to help them move every weekend. You don't have to help them do anything. Just say, look, I feel your pain kind of thing. And um, yeah, I, I just think that it's, it's not as hard to be great as you think. You just got to remember two things. You're not born great. You become great. And the second thing is it doesn't have to be on a global scale. It can be on a local scale. It can be just, just to be a great dad or a great mom, right? That doesn't mean saying yes all the time. That means doing what's in the best interest of your child to make them a better version of themselves. You know, that's kind of what this whole podcast, it's kind of what my whole, you know, plan is to get out there and speak in front of groups is to let you know that, listen, some of us older people have all been through it. I didn't forget. I remember being your age. I don't care what age you say. I can remember being your age. And I can remember the struggles and I can remember how I, and I can think back and say, man, maybe if I just done it just a little bit differently or maybe had a better focus on what I was trying to do. Ultimately, one of the hardest things in life is trying to figure out what you want to do, right? It's kind of sitting down going, okay, what do I want to do? Um, it's hard. It's, it's a hard thing. I mean, some people get it. They go to college, they become a doctor, and that's what they want to do the rest of their life. Uh, I did not, but, but I'd say for the most part, people aren't like that. People are struggling with who they want to be, and they're afraid of doing what they want to be. You know, you've heard the saying before, when you do what you love, it's not work. Um, how great would that be if it could be like that? Let's just say that your parents wanted you to be a doctor and you decided not to, but you wanted to be a, a teacher or a, God, there's a hundred other things. You wanted to be a trainer, physical fitness trainer or whatever, and you did what you loved and you just got up every day and said, man, I love doing what I'm doing. That's what I'm trying to build here because if I could get out, talk to you on these podcasts, get out to a group or an organization you're talking and be able to talk to you and have somebody just say, man, that was, that was cool. I got something out of that. That would just, that would change. It's life changing. Right. And that's what I'm trying to do is change my life. I'm trying to change your life. And when you listen to these podcasts, if you enjoy them, please share them. I mean, the whole podcast genre is about how many people listen to my podcast and I'm getting some traction. I'm getting more and more people to listen. But I really need your help, right? So I'm asking you guys a favor. I'm asking you that if you just know somebody, follow me on YouTube. Um, share my, if you see me on Facebook, just share my post that there's a podcast out there and try to hopefully people listen to it and they get something out of it. And um, listen, I, you know, I, I always say, it, it, usually at the end of my podcast, I say I love you. And I know it's just some bullshit thing. It seems like everybody loves everybody now. They're all saying it. But I truly do. I truly think, it's my responsibility to do that. Um, listen, I've been blessed in my life with, a, you know, with kids, with grandkids. I'm still healthy. I'm still getting up every morning. I feel good. I can still go lift weights. It doesn't bother me. You know, um, I have so many blessings in my life. And, and, I, and, I, and listen, like a lot of you, I tried to screw my life up a hundred times with different things. You know, We think we're having fun, but we look back and could have killed ourselves or whatever. I mean, on accident, of course. but. Um, and, and I think it's important to know that I don't like all of you. <laughs> That's a crazy thing to say. <clears throat> Let's say I love all of you and I like all of you, but some of the people that are out there, I don't necessarily like, but I still love those people because 
they have value on earth. They have value to their friends and family and to their employer and to their church and to their kids. And they have all this value. And it doesn't matter what my opinion is really. Okay. But it does in this case, it matters what my opinion is. And if we all had the same opinion that everybody we ran across every day had value, whether they're a psycho or not, or whether we think their behavior is bad, I think that ultimately we can help those people find that value if we see the value in them. I hope you're getting what I'm meaning. So edfranklin.nolimits uh, at gmail.com. If you know somebody that would like to be a guest on my podcast that would add value to society, if you'd like to be a guest, edfranklin.nolimits at gmail.com. Uh, look for my podcast, uh, look for this podcast link on, um, well, I'm telling you this, you freaking already listened to the podcast, so that doesn't really matter. I'll put it in the, in the line. So there was one other thing I had, and this is uh, the problem with getting old is I can't remember it, and I was just about to write it down, and I didn't. So listen, what did I say in the beginning? Do not be afraid to be great. Have that integrity. Um, brand yourself, brand yourself. Brand. I cannot tell you enough how important it is to brand yourself. Doesn't matter if it's business, doesn't matter. You don't have to have your name all over you like I do, but people need to know who you are and what you do. And if you want to add value to them, they need to know that you know, to do that. Be a little vulnerable in life. Don't be so, you know, don't be so guarded. Um, it's okay. You know, no one's perfect. I'm not perfect. If we all dug into each other's skeleton, you know, closets, we'd all have too many skeletons to, uh, to even count. So don't worry about it. Everybody's screwed up at some level. And, um, but they're all, they all have the ability to do great, just like you do. And I want to thank you for listening to my podcast. Um, I'm trying to get one out a week. Uh, I have a special one in two weeks that I'm going to do that you're going to dig. I thought if you dig it, you might be mad at me, but, um, and I'm trying to find some good guests. So let me know. Like I said, my life's a process right now. It's in the planning stages and, uh, it needs to get going quicker than I want it to. No, wait, let me back that up. I want it to go quick. It needs to happen quicker than it's happening, but it will. And, um, and I'll talk, hopefully talk to a lot of you in person soon, since things are starting to loosen up a little bit. Um, don't be afraid to be great, have integrity and keep branding. All right. I love all you guys. I know you hate that, but I just said it later Gators. Mm -hmm.